Good morning story. again, everybody. And um, I usually like to start a, a sermon with a joke, and I got of your life given a really, really good joke this and in week, the sharing um, of your ministry uh, by somebody in my home Thank group. Thank you for and sending this is how it Jesus, goes. the Holy Spirit. I heard about a pastor and a song leader us. that were not getting along to very well. Us, to give us understanding it started to, to spill over in the services. Lord, we pray One for Sunday, the pastor gave a talk today. about the importance of being a giver. Our sister Charlotte, as she's After the song leader stood up and played a song, Lord, that Jesus paid them. it all. Bless the us next week, the pastor turned today. talked Help about to not gossiping and watching news. your tongue. We pray the song Jesus leader name. got up and led, Amen. I love to tell the story. Christ. Another week, the pastor talked about being willing to change. The song leader got up and said, I shall not be moved. <laughs> and then finally, the pastor got so frustrated that he resigned. He told the congregation, Jesus brought me here and Jesus is going to take me away. The song leader got up and played, what a friend we have in Jesus. <laughs> well, he has risen. <laughs> I think that was you, wasn't it? Um, if I say he has risen during the message and you shout out he has risen indeed, I've got a little pile of them here, all right? He has risen. <laughs> I can see you're all paying attention now. I want to tell you a story to begin with um, about a friend of ours in the congregation, a lady called Nelda. And Nelda Vulatic, who's at the back, she's given me permission to tell this story. Um, this is what she writes. I was having a heart procedure in Auckland Hospital when I went into cardiac arrest. They performed CPR for some time and eventually had success. I was then put into an induced coma and transferred to the ICU for three days. Somewhere in those days, I felt God's presence. And I was asked, do you believe in the resurrection? And the same question was asked of my three children, Diane, Warren, and Brett. We all answered yes. Six days later, I was transferred to Whangarei Hospital for five days. Then following an MRI back in Auckland, I was discharged and went home to my son Brett and his wife Leanne's to rest and recover. To me, she writes, this vivid encounter with Jesus in my comatose state was reinforcing the fact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to be the most important part of our Christian faith. I felt so secure that God was with me at this time and was giving me the chance to go with him or to stay. She adds, I chose to stay as my children were still grieving over their dad's death only two years earlier and I thought it would be selfish of me to leave so soon after that traumatic experience. Thank you, Nelda. Today we're celebrating the linchpin 
of the Christian faith. The linchpin is something that holds everything together on a wheel. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He is risen. Oh, there you are, Phil. I could see you were watching. You know, resurrection is not resuscitation. It's not reincarnation. And it's not hallucination. But the rising from the death that follows three days in the tomb with a dead body, with a completely recognizable but powerful transformed body, is the linchpin of our faith. Paul puts this. He says, if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. And you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep, that is those who have died as believers, those who have fallen asleep in Christ, have perished. If in this life we only hope in Christ, we are of people most pitiable. But Christ is risen. It pays to sit near the front. I can't throw very far. <laughs> you know, over the last four years in particular, I've had the task of officiating at many believers' funerals in this church. And whilst it is extremely hard, it is such a privilege to be part of promoting people to heaven is one of the most somber but always hope-filled occasions. Do you know that on Monday this last week we had a funeral and somebody said to me, gosh, Lorn, another person at Hope has gone to heaven. How sad. You won't have anyone left soon. <laughs> to which I replied, no. Just remember, we're church planting in heaven. That's what we're doing. We're promoting people to heaven. John Calvin said this, Let us consider this settled, that no one has ever made progress in the school of Christ who does not joyfully await the day of death and final resurrection. And Paul said, I desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better but it is more necessary for me, Philippians, to be with you right now. When we sadly farewell one of our dear family members or friends who believe in Jesus, it's not forever. It isn't. We will be with them one day. We will see them. Hallelujah. Why? Because Christ rose from the dead, the first fruits of all those who've fallen asleep. I want to touch on four things in this service to do with the message that John has just brilliantly read for us. The first thing is this, opposition to the resurrection. We see here the chief priests and the Pharisees who had orchestrated Jesus' death going to Pilate to ensure that the tomb is sealed and protected by soldiers, calling Jesus a liar. 
because he had called himself the Son of God while he was living, and they said the worst lie will be he will rise from the grave. They called Jesus' life full of lies. And his prophecy of rising from the dead as the greatest lie of all. They wanted to ensure that the disciples wouldn't come and steal the body and then go out and tell everybody that Jesus had risen. Now later, when the guards came back to report the truth of what had happened, the Pharisees, it says here, they made their plan by lying themselves. They bribed the guards with a large sum of money, and that must have been a large sum of money because for a soldier to lose uh, his prisoner was a um, crime in the Romans' eyes that could lead to death. And they told everybody that the disciples had come and stolen the body. You know, today and over the centuries, there have been opponents to the resurrection inside and outside the church. The main sticking point is the area of the supernatural. People say things like this, well, that's just impossible. Oh, unless I can prove it scientifically, I can't believe. Or resurrection must mean something else, like overcoming a great sadness by a gradual drifting into deeper peace and understanding. That's what people call resurrection. But Fyodor Dostoevsky put it brilliantly when he said this, life has defied logic. Life has defied logic. And John Stott said, we live and die, but Christ died and lived. You know, it's so sad whenever somebody in the church has a skepticism and unbelief about the supernatural. The resurrection was the greatest supernatural event of our faith. You know, Jesus performed healings, he performed deliverances, he performed many miracles, wonderful miracles. They were the norm for Jesus. And he got his disciples to believe that they could do it too in his name. Now, where there's skepticism and unbelief about the supernatural, I want to be bold enough to say that that person who is skeptical about it does, has not received the impartation of the Holy Spirit. Jesus called it being born again. He talked about the wind coming. You don't know where the wind's coming from or where it's going to, and he said it's like that with the Spirit. When the Spirit of Jesus comes to reside in a person's life, they start to see things from God's perspective. <coughs> Do you know that it was the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus out of the grave. Paul writes, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body because of the spirit which lives in you. And I must say, for 16 years when I started to believe in Jesus, I, I had many doubts and questions, and I've still got questions. There are mysteries. But I found when I got baptized with the Holy Spirit... Things changed, and you start to see things from a completely different perspective. And you know that it's God's will that everybody be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's God's will. Paul says that in his letter to the Ephesians. 
The second thing is, I want to say, is the resurrection actually happened. There was a guy called Wilson Carlyle who was preaching um, in Hyde Park corner in the 19th century, and he said, Jesus is alive. And a heckler at the back stood, hey, he said, Sonny, go on with you. How can, you, how can we possibly believe that preacher? <coughs> and Wilson Carlyle said, well, because I was talking to, with him for half an hour this morning. Resurrection is about relationship. That's what it's about. In Matthew's account, Christ is risen. I saw you, Jenny. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was just checking one or two people nodding off, so I'll, I'll just keep these up here, Marty. Did you have a late night last night, Marty? Yeah. It was a bit like the preachers preaching away and um, he sees somebody falling asleep in the, in, the, in the congregation and he says, oh, Mrs. Jones, will you meet, will you wake up Mr. Jones? He's fallen asleep. And he says, no, you put him to sleep, you wake him up. <laughs> in Matthew's account, we see Mary Magdalene and the other Mary going to the tomb three days later. They'd seen Jesus die. They'd seen the blood and the water when the spear was thrust into Jesus' side come out of his body, which is a sign of his death. And they watched where they saw the body was taken. And they were going three days later, as was the custom, to anoint the body with perfumes and spices because the body was starting to decay. But then they got the shock of their lives an earthquake, an angel, terrified guards, and a massive stone that would have taken probably at least two people to move, ceremoniously rolled away, and no body of Jesus in the tomb. The angel spoke to them about not fearing and assuring them that Jesus was alive. Then that moment of pure beauty If you could put yourself in this picture, just for a moment, just close your eyes, and you're there, you'd been with Jesus for three years. This moment of transformational encounter. And Mary and Mary are leaving, and suddenly they encounter Jesus. And Jesus says, peace be with you. Peace, not that the world gives the peace of Christ. What a moment of meeting. What did they do? They recognized him and they fell at his feet and they worshipped. You know, when we encounter Jesus in our prayer life, as we read the scriptures, in miraculous circumstances, the only thing we can do is to worship. Is to worship. They touched him. His body was transformed, but it was completely recognizable. You know, the scriptures make it clear that Jesus appeared to all his disciples at least 10 times over 40 days, and on one occasion he appeared to 500 people all at once. And before uh, before he rose into heaven, and we know 
for those of you that know the book of Acts, he appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus after he descended into heaven. Do you know that Jesus is appearing to people, particularly in Muslim countries during the months of Ramadan, when Muslims are fasting because they want to encounter God, and Jesus is appearing to them in their rooms and in their dreams. Wonderful. He's alive. Do you know, I heard about a man in, Lib- uh, in London. He's in a church congregation. He was a librarian, and he was given the job one day of going down to the archives and going through the boxes of the famous people who had died and the famous people who were alive. And he came across Jesus Christ, AD 33, died, and when no one was looking, he took it out, crossed up 33 AD and put it in the alive one. I love that story. Brooke Westcott writes, there is no historic incident better or more variously supported than the resurrection of Christ from the dead. There's nothing that's more historically attested. The third thing is, go and tell. You know, following the resurrection in this account, what struck me, I think probably more than anything else, was on three occasions, the words, go and tell, go and tell, go and tell. The angel said to Mary and Mary, go quickly and now tell the disciples that Jesus has risen from the dead and that you will see him in Galilee. Go and tell, go and tell them. Then they met Jesus on the way and Jesus said to them, go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. And when the brothers had gone to Galilee, Jesus appeared to them and even though some doubted, he said, go to all people everywhere and preach the gospel. Make them my disciples. Go and tell. Now that was not a hard thing for them to do. Though some doubted, they were excited but afraid. Now there are three reasons why we should go and tell and why they went to tell. First of all, it's such good news. A man who's dead for three days and risen out of the grave Wow. Secondly, there's a desperate need to tell people this good news. Jesus is the water of life. If you were in a desert and you found an oasis, you'd be rather mean not to tell anyone else where the oasis is. In our world, there's such a soul thirst for reality. The reality is Jesus, He is risen. Sorry, I don't know who that was for, but I've got some more here. Uh, Sinead O'Connor, who is a famous singer, said this, As a race, we feel empty. This is because our spirituality has been wiped out and we don't know how to express ourselves. As a result, we're encouraged to fill that gap in us with alcohol, with sex, with drugs, with money. People out there are screaming for the truth. Thirdly, we tell because we've discovered the good news for ourselves. Now, I need to tell you a secret here. The secret's out, in fact. It was out last Sunday. But four weeks ago, we got told by our son um, that um, our uh, 
daughter-in-law, his wife, was about to have a second, was going to have a second child. And they said, but dad, you're not allowed to tell anyone. And we said, why? Such good news. He said, because we need to let a few other people know. So for a month, we had to keep this a secret. And then last Sunday, he said, now you can tell people. So I got straight on my cell phone and I texted quite a few people. We're, we're gonna, Lily's going to have a, Lily's going to have a sibling. You know, Jesus Christ being risen from the dead is such good news. We need to tell people. And the last thing is baptism and teaching people to follow Christ. Baptism, which we're going to have shortly, is a picture of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a picture. It's a symbol. You know, when Jesus made that command uh, to go and make disciples, he said, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything that I've taught you. Baptism isn't the end of the experience. It marks the beginning of a new experience of walking with Christ. Baptism was Jesus' idea. It's not the church's idea. It was Jesus' idea. He got baptized. And he said, go and baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Paul writes this. Don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ... Jesus were baptized into his death. We have therefore been buried with him through baptism in order that Jesus Christ, who was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, so we too may live a new life. And so what happens when a person gets baptized? They're kind of standing or kneeling in a tank above the water. Here's the level of the water. And they are saying, Jesus Christ died for my sins. And when they go down under the water, they're going down with Christ into the grave where the sins are carried with Christ. And don't worry, Ray, we won't hold you down for three days. But three days later, Jesus rose out of the grave to show that resurrection had happened. And when you come up out of the water, it's a sign of new life. Let's be captivated afresh by the love of God. Let's be captivated again by that event at Easter. Let's be captivated by the power of God that can change lives. Leon Morris said this, The cross is the victory. The resurrection is the triumph. The resurrection is the public display of the victory the triumph of the crucified one. Let me pray.